I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds. And they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. The Race for the Ring, Episode 114, The Princess's Guide to Landing Prince Charming with Ariana Taharo. Welcome to The Race for the Ring, the podcast about dating and embracing self-love and inner confidence. I'm your host, Mindy Barnett. I'm an entrepreneur, two-time author, keynote speaker, television contributor, and soon-to-be psychotherapist. Since re-entering the dating world after my divorce, I found dating life eye-opening. In an age of online swiping and in-person meetups, I found the world of love and lust has been a confusing place to be. So each week, we will chat with a different dating king or queen, socialite, or relationship expert, and explore the many facets of dating today, and come up with our clear plan on how to find the finest fish in the sea. Ready, set, go! Hi, everybody. Welcome back to the Race for the Ring. I have an amazing guest today, Ariana Taharo. She and I met back in May of this year when I was out on the West Coast for um, a client's book launch event. And she came as a plus one to a very good friend of mine um, with a very good friend of mine. And we just became instant, um, instantly friends. She and I bonded very quickly and uh, now consider her one of my dear, dear friends friend. She's a dynamo to say the least. She works in television news out on the West Coast at a very big um, cable network. And she leads uh, the producing team of a top rated nightly show with um, really great coverage and has done so, so many things in the news space. Um, I think, though, um, what's super impressive is that she was valedictorian of a graduating class at Loyola Marymount University School of Film and television and she also is a law fellow and part of LA's TV Week's inaugural Top 40 Under 40 class of 2022 Um, outside of the newsroom which she spends the majority of her time um in the newsroom. She's a public speaker. She's an MC. She's a panelist. She's a brand ambassador and a celebrity guest for local events. And she also leads a lot of young women about how to mind their manners and the importance of maintaining manners and using your please and thank yous and how to lure a guy um, authentically into your love den. (laughs) That's me saying that, not her. Um, But she's got a lot of really good um, old school 
old, old fashioned advice that's really true and tried to implement into um, everybody's day to day. So without further ado, let's get right to it with Ari. Hi, Ari. Thank you for joining us at the Race for the Ring. Good morning. Morning. Thank you so much for having me, Mindy. Oh my gosh, of course. So we have to set it up a little bit about how we met. Uh, We became very fast friends. You are my LA lady that I always go and hang out with. And we work a lot together too, obviously. But we uh, putting the work um, mode aside, we've just become very like good friends in a very short period of time, which I'm very appreciative of and um, think you're super cool. So... Likewise, we had to have you on the show. I know. <laughs> I feel like, you know, there's certain it's interesting because um, I have a tendency to gravitate to people with like high energy and obviously women that are very like minded. And I just really um, think you're awesome. We met through a mutual friend that is also near and dear to both of our hearts, um, Janice Paula. So anyway, I'm grateful to her. Well, likewise, and my life. <laughs> For your viewers, too, so they know a little bit of background, we became friends because at this one event we were both at that Mindy was basically organizing, she dropped one of her dogs in my lap and said, oh, I'll be right back. And I knew instantly (laughs) that we'd be friends. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, you were babysitting Parker at Dave Lopez's book event that we had in Pasadena. It was so nice. That was awesome. Fun, fun event. Okay, so... Getting into, I love, I love your guide, your princess's guide to landing Prince Charming tips for young ladies on how to attract a gentleman, because unlike, I guess the norm, I kind of fall into the same line as you, where I tend to err towards, you know, being prim and proper and letting, um, you know, a guy pursue me as opposed to chasing a guy and, um, leaning into just what it, you know, being feminine and lady and like all of the, I guess the stereotypes that one might have for what a female should look like and present to be. But I think it's really important. So why, before we get into some of your tips and things like that, why do you implement this philosophy in your dating world? I want to say too, to qualify that again, this is our opinions, right? So each person has her unique style. So it's not like, oh, we're teaching people and this is the only way to do things. But to answer your question, I'd say it's from my grandparents' generation that my grandma, late grandmother, she always taught me, you should be pursued by the guy and manners should be the most important thing because how you start in the beginning is how you pave the way for the future. So uh, to answer your question, I'd say it's because of my grandparents that they just instilled those values in me. And again, it's different from other people, but that's what works for me. Yeah, totally. Me too. I fully agree. So what did, can you tell us a little bit about what your grandparents were like and why they instilled those values, like maybe from their culture or just that was their generation or what was some of, uh, you know, the dynamics that they shared with you or your grandmother, if it was more her than your grandfather? On my mom's side, they had a really solid relationship. They were together, gosh, 65 years, something like that, and always respected each other. My late grandfather on my mom's side was a golf pro, so 
my grandmother was, as they say, a golf widow. And he was away a lot and on the greens a lot, but they maintained a very strong relationship. And like I said, always respected each other. And on my dad's side too, same thing. They're still alive and doing well and been together a long time. And I attribute the success to a lot of the, the values and tips that we'll get into that I've taught to young girls in classes before. And again, I'm no expert on this, but I just want to share, like you're saying, what works for us. Yeah, 100%. Tell us a little bit about the classes you've, you've done um, that you've led. For different charities and for different retreats and events, just not specific to dating per se, but manners and things like how to follow up with people, how to write thank you cards, you know, things that I think in this generation, sadly, are becoming lost, you know. And another part of that, I kind of divide it into different categories. So first would be manners, and then second would be expectations versus standards. And then third would be the social aspect, like socializing. And of course, depending on the age range of the girls, you kind of have to curate the material to that. But I'd say for the most part, in my experience, a lot of people have resonated with those tips and have paid them forward. And I I think that a lot of guys respond well too, because there are a lot of traditional people out there who still value those things. Awesome. That's so awesome. Okay, so let's get into some of it. Um, in the manners, uh, I guess, uh, under that umbrella, we'll go some of, through some of your tips. So I'll, I'll name them if you can just elaborate a little bit about what each of them essentially stands for in, you know, in, in the guidelines that you follow um, on your day to day. So not using profanity. I have to say, I fully follow this one. Um, especially while dating. I don't think, um, unless I get super comfortable with the person I've ever cursed in front of a guy, I never curse in front of my kids. I don't even curse in front of my parents because I, (laughs) I still like, I just remember my mom always saying like, ladies don't curse. It's not like you shouldn't swear. It's not becoming like so forth and so on. That's so funny you say, oh, it's not becoming because that's what my mom always says. It's not becoming, yeah. But do you find, though, in the newsroom, I think, like, it wasn't until I was in television news that I actually even, like, really cursed. Because in that environment, everybody, at least from my experience, you might have a different experience. Everyone swears, especially when you're in the field and, like, editors are crashing and things like that. So, anyway, like, crashing in terms of, like, trying to, like, get the story on the air. Oh, it's so true. Just because... For viewers who who aren't aware, the newsroom, obviously, as you've seen probably on different TV shows like Aaron Sorkin's show, can be a very stressful, high adrenaline environment. So, of course, people are cursing all the time. And, you know, it, it kind of makes it fun and lighter and more casual. But I always say, you know, if you go on a on a date with someone and the guy is using the F word, it just for me personally, again, this is for me, it's just a turn off because I wonder a few months down the road then how is he going to act so I just find it disrespectful I agree I think it's like not classy too especially like on a first or second date totally a turn off and you would you would say women obviously shouldn't sit there and swear (laughs) on a first date (laughs) yeah I mean everyone's different but yeah that's my opinion I think it's just perhaps not the classiest thing to do I always try to emulate Kate Middleton because I think that she's a very classy and very successful person and I've never ever heard her use profanity especially in the public eye 
No, 100%. Okay. That would make a headline, definitely. If she did. <laughs> uh, okay. And please and thank you. I, I feel like as a, just a society, like so few of us even, I always err towards doing that, but I feel like so many people don't. So why is that so important? I feel like that could even set up like how people treat, like if you're at a restaurant, like their servers and stuff. They, I've interviewed a lot of um, mental health experts in the past on this show and they often say like if um to pay attention to how your suitor is treating like you know a waiter or server etc because if they're not kind to them it's a it's a red flag that could essentially show that they might be a narcissist like things of that nature so um why do you feel it's so important to say the please and the thank you etc that's accurate. And I think what you say about mental health, because I know you have a lot of experience in that and you're also studying that. I think there are a lot of red flags you can look for in the beginning and treating the server a certain way is definitely one of those because I've definitely been out with people and not even just dating, just with friends. And, you know, they won't make eye contact with the server or won't ask for the person's name. And, I think that's a, a red flag because that's the person who's providing you with the meal that you're at in the social company. So just respect, again, to go back to the previous point, that's definitely a red flag. And then to that end, too, with the manners, please, thank you, salutations. Another part of that is, you know, opening the door and pulling the chair out, mm-hmm. things like that. And I've talked to a lot of mm-hmm. girls who, ladies who say, hey, that's not for me. And totally fine. You know, they prefer to open the door themselves and they kind of look at it as, oh, that's demeaning. Like I need the guy to do that for me. But I think it's just respectful Mm -hmm. and also depends how they're raised. But, but for sure, you know, addressing the server with respect, making eye contact, opening the door, pulling the chair out, you know, saying please and thank you to the server. Things like that are all details that I personally pay attention to on dates. I, I as well. And it's interesting though, because I find that so many guys, at least the ones I've been dating, and I'm like older than you. So they're like, you think that they were raised differently. It was like more, I, I don't know. I feel like the millennials today, men, especially, um, you know, that's a little bit more carefree in that way. Like they're not as paying so many, so much attention to the manner side of things, but I mean, maybe I'm wrong to even say that. I just would assume that older guys might know better, so to speak. But even still, um, men that I'm I'm dating, like in my late 40s, early 50s, well, they're they're in their late 40s, early 50s. Um, I'm not in the 50s yet, thank God. <laughs> but, but, <laughs> but anyway, um, they a lot of them still don't open the door and pull out the chair. In fact, like one recently did and I was like wow this is so nice like he put my jacket on for me like he held like I, we were sitting at a bar like he oh, he pulled the bench out for me I think I'm used to that though for my father so I see my dad has always done that kind of stuff for my mom and he's always done it for me and my sister so I like do want that and look for that I, I think that's really important as well so but I, I think- do see I guess like Ahead, I think to the, the guy's credit, too, that a lot of people, at, less, at least in this generation, Generation Z, are a bit confused. For example, a friend of mine said, this is a guy, I think he's, what, 20, 
like 28 now, a college friend, he said that he was confused because in dating lots of different women, some of them don't like like the door being open and they get upset, like I was saying, when, when the yeah. guy does that. So he even asked me, he's like, well, what do you like and what should I be doing? Because I don't want to offend the girl or, you know, demean the situation yeah. in any way. So there's confusion too. And another friend of mine, she definitely does not like that at all. And even when, for example, on a first date, the guy, she said, was going to pay for the bill and he meant it as a nice gesture and she got really upset and she said do you think I can't afford my own self and she just kind of went off and was very upset about that and it really confused him so I think confusion is definitely part of the the situation here I agree with you I definitely do I think like because of you know the women's movement and you know equality and all that's amazing obviously there is a lot of gray area for guys and stuff like that I mean I definitely don't want to get into it in this conversation no. but I've had conversations <laughs> with other men um, you know men not, not that you're, you know men in, in the workplace who um, are unsure of how to even handle certain things with female co-workers right like opening a door for them or, you know, being just like kind to them because they don't want to come off that they're being, you know, sexually harassing or, you know, um, not, you know, being treating them as an equal counterpart or any of that. So I can see that being a little bit, I don't know how you even deal with that. I guess once you get to know the guy or girl, you have that conversation about expectations and the way you want to be treated and things like that. Yeah, I think it's it's less political. We're kind of getting into social movements there and there's always the flip side of that when the intention intentionality is good then sometimes there's repercussions but I think like you're saying it is a personal preference and it's a conversation to be had amongst the the two people and it's it's a very personal thing yeah so let's get into paying the bill so you mentioned that your friend got upset but I have to say I mean I'm happy to split it or pay my you know pay my way or whatever on a first date I always offer to but I kind of expect that the guy should. What do you think? Yeah, I like to offer as well because, again, you never know people's situations and you don't want to make judgments. You just never know what's going on in the other person's life at the time. I think it's nice to always offer and and insist. But also, I know culturally, for example, in some cultures, it's offensive if you offer too many times and they say no, it's just stop talking. You know, I, I always like to offer yeah. to, to leave the tip. And that's what I encourage girls to. It's like you offer a couple of times and if you get the vibe that, hey, no then stop. But again, it's a personal thing and depends on the situation. But yeah, to answer your question, I think it's a very, very nice gesture. And it shows, in my opinion, that the guy values you and values your time together and wants to treat you to something. I like that too. And I think in time, you know, after like a first or second date, if it's working out, I usually then would pick up the check as like, you know, to reciprocate the, the gesture and stuff like that too. Um, but yeah, that's a good idea like to offer the tip. I, li- I like that. If you know what I'm saying in terms of, especially if it's not like a crazy big bill, you just had a couple of drinks. That's a nice way of kind of like contributing, but also letting the guy kind of take the lead in my opinion. Um, okay. Dressing a pro- Appropriately, This is like, oh my gosh, one of my biggest pet peeves ever. I once had a date, a first date um, with a guy and we went to a really nice restaurant on Rittenhouse Square in Philadelphia, which is like a very nice, nice area, Phil, you know, Philly area, what have you. And he showed up and um, 
he went to the, I mean, he was a former graduate, but he went to, I think, University of Pennsylvania. So he's wearing a U of Penn sweatshirt and ripped jeans and sneakers. And <laughs> like literally, <laughs> I think he even had a baseball hat. I mean, it was a cute look, but not for that time. It was dinner. It wasn't like brunch. So, I, and I was like dressed like, in a dress, a skirt, I had a nice overcoat on because it was like during COVID or, you know, when we were eating all outdoors and it's the East Coast. So it's very cold here in the wind. It was the winter time. But I was like, oh my God, I just felt like he had made no effort to like meet me. What do you think about that? Why this do you is think a, dressing is This so is important? a tough one because if we get into the two different coasts, they're just so, so polar opposite in my opinion. I think East Coast people at least in New England, they definitely dress the part. They're more formal compared to the West Coast. So gosh, I think in your situation, yeah, perhaps I would have been disappointed just given the location of the date and the time of year. And I, I think for a few reasons, perhaps he should have dressed up more, just knowing the type of woman that you are too. But Again, I don't judge just because on the West Coast, people are definitely more casual. Even in the workplace, I usually go in there with, you know, you know, like a nice dress, a work dress or blazer or heels every day. And there are some people who wear yoga clothes and that's totally fine and acceptable here. And, and same even in college, I used to go to class with a blazer on every day and people thought that was strange. So I think... Yeah, I, I think it's tricky because That's awesome. well, on the West Coast, their like, yeah, yeah, I mean, it's just a different culture over here. And I think that on dates, you know, the guys do dress fashion is big here and sometimes casual wear and ripped jeans. That's that's how they do it. And, you know, that's fine. It, it's just, I guess, hard to cast judgment because the two coasts are so different. But I think for your anecdote, yeah, knowing you, that wasn't appropriate. <laughs> yeah. I mean, Knowing he you. took it a second date, but I was. <laughs> I know. I'm more, I, I'm, I lean in more to your attire, I think. I always, every time I always see you, I'm like, oh my God, you wore that to work? You're so dressed up. I'm like, wow. I mean, I used to dress, when I was on air, I would dress, but when I was like, you know, working on a package or something, I would like wear, I don't even know, just cut off some things like that. Really casual. Well, I, I say too. Casual for the like dressing. Too. appropriately in my mind is more for the lady because I think the lady should always be more dressed up because a you'll always look good you'll stand out and then b it's the princess right that's the theory of all this and the guy should be grateful to be in your presence and and sometimes guys are just more casual by nature and depends on the event like for example if you're going to a red carpet event obviously you don't want him to show up in pajamas but if it's just a dinner there's no problem (laughs) with being more formal than your guy I mean I think it's more for the women like obviously don't wear something that's too revealing because less is more and imagination is good that kind of thing and and pearls are nice the little black dress you can't go wrong with that a nice bag but not too flashy not too revealing and definitely classy always but keep him wanting more That's good advice. That's very good advice, especially with the revealing stuff. You know, yeah, you definitely don't want to dress too promiscuous on a first date, to say the least, Um, which leads us to the next tip, which is not not moving too quickly on a first date, which I'm also a big fan of. I think I get the princess crown at the end of this, right? (laughs) Um, (laughs) I agree. 
with all your tips. I, I don't like to move too fast on the third date either, personally. Same, um, yeah. For those of you who may have dated me. But, um, yeah. So why do you think that's important? Especially if there's chemistry. Like, that might be hard for some people to kind of, like, pull it back. I've heard stories of people who, for example, they met at a country music concert. They went out that same night and just really hit it off. And then they get married the next week. And, you know, there are exceptions to the rules. Oh, but wow. Yeah, I've heard those things. But I'd say I got this advice from a friend once who's a bit older. And, and you know, she's a happily married woman, very nice guy. She said that in her past, when she used to date a lot in her 20s, that when she moved too quickly on the first second date the guy used that in the future against her thinking oh you did this with everyone i'm not special i'm not the one for you and that kind of got me thinking i mean a i'm just kind of a more conservative person when it comes to relationships and that kind of thing so i like to wait and be sure and i think that having a connection apart from the physical connection is more important as a basis and then you get to the other things later but I'd say for those reasons, that's my opinion, why you should definitely go slowly because it also depends what you're looking for. So, you know, if you're looking for something serious long term, then yeah, like what's the rush? But if you want something fun and that's what you're in it for, totally fine, then I think the standards are different. That's good advice, too. I think if it doesn't work out for you in news, you're good for the dating world. I'm the Gosh, no. Or <laughs> I'm kidding. I mean, you, you could easily go into this field. But I think you're going to be just fine where you are, to say the least. No, I mean, to, quali- <laughs> to qualify that, I'm definitely no expert. And I know when we were preparing for this, we went through this, and I was kind of concerned, like, who are you to be giving this advice? But it just comes from yeah, my heart. Good and advice. Yeah, yeah, I it's hope. life experience. Yeah. yeah. And it's it's not for everyone (laughs) no totally but it's sort of the same thing um Ari like with my writing my books and stuff I mean eventually hopefully in the next year and a half I'll I'll have my credentials to be a therapist but up until that point you know I was just offering tips for my own life experience so that's sometimes even more profound to people than not you know so it's all good all right so let's talk about not um you know jumping at the first opportunity that comes your way like if a guy waits um till the day of to ask you on a date for instance or you know um you know texting you can you get together tonight for a drink you're saying say no right oh gosh this is my favorite one because in LA and I'm sure it's true other places too guys are very last minute at least in my experience Mm -hmm. and and I don't think that they Mm -hmm. mean it in a rude way I just interpret it that way like hey if I'm an afterthought and you're texting me an hour before on a Saturday hey let's get coffee no I'm sorry I plan things six weeks out or at least give me a couple days notice like for example do you would I would like to take you to dinner would this Sunday work I think that's very respectful. And, you know, the guy makes a reservation and plans ahead versus, oh, hey, are you free now? What are you doing? I just don't respond to that kind of thing anymore. I don't think I ever have, actually. And it goes the same with friends. You know, oh, I'm in your area. Mm -hmm. What are you up to? And then sometimes they'll get upset if you're not available. Well, I'm sorry. You know, we're busy people and we make plans in advance. I think there's a difference between spontaneity and 
last minute slash ignorance. And that really just crosses a line for me because then it kind of spins around on you like you're the bad one because you're not available. So that's definitely something that I try to teach the young girls because many of them do not come from the same upbringing and have not been taught these things. So they will definitely concede to different uh, date ideas that I don't think they should be because again, this is how you're you're starting laying the foundation for the future and that's going to be the habit. Mm-hmm. And it shows your value, right? Yes. Too. Like yeah. what they, at least that would be my interpretation. I do agree with what you're saying about LA. When I first started this show, I actually did a show about East Coast versus West Coast and the different, I guess, like, um, you know, uh, ways people date and, you know, what's the norm in each on each coast. And that was one of the things we like really talked about was the fact that people in L, on the West Coast, specifically like the LA area, they are very last minute. And the reason being, and I don't know if this is the case for obviously everybody or what was you know happening sometimes to you or even me um would be like they wait to the last second to see what else is coming around the corner (laughs) i mean because it's like everything they were like always like okay what else can i do tonight not necessarily a better girl but like just like uh, maybe they'll like get tickets to a show or they get asked to go to like a concert or you know like because there's you know that was sort of like the mindset i think too people just don't plan i think people on the west coast at least my interpretation is that not you know in general obviously stereotyping is much more laid back so they're not thinking and they're not as regimented in terms of scheduling and things like that. So, oh yeah, it's it's not I'm on purpose unless this reminds me actually of, of one story a friend told me. He's also from Europe, mm-hmm. and he said the difference between LA and Miami is that in Miami people will blow you off because they have better plans. Something better comes up in LA, people blow you off because they just don't want to go out. They just want to stay home, which made me laugh. It's kind of related, but, but yeah, I don't think it's to be taken personally. Most people don't do it on purpose. It's just different standard. And I also think though, that if you concede and say, yes, they're never going to learn a couple of years ago, this one guy I met at a friend's giving and he kept asking me to coffee, but it was very last minute day of morning of, and I kept saying no. And finally he learned after six weeks and he asked me on a, a proper date and we had a lot of fun. Didn't work out. But, oh, that's but awesome. again, yeah, I know he definitely learned and he actually said thank you because most girls, they just kind of say yes and they show up, we do coffee, but then I never hear from them again. And I always wonder, what am I doing wrong? So he said, thank you. Oh, so you told him. Did you? So yeah. I was going to ask you, what was your what was your response when you said no? Did you just say no, I can't, or did you explain why you couldn't? Oh, I always no? give an explanation because I try to be very transparent, honest with people. I'm very private in certain ways, but I also like to be very honest. So yeah, of course, I gave an explanation, and I finally said, hey, you know, I'm a working person like you. Unfortunately, last minute doesn't work for me, but I'd still love to meet up, and kind of framed it that way. And then he finally understood. Oh, it's not like. On purpose, she doesn't want to see me. It's that she's actually busy. But I, I will say there are guys out there who know how to do this, who are gentlemen. I mean, I met one relatively recently who's just out of this world, such a gentleman, and you know, did it the right way. Asked me out a few days before, made the reservation. They do exist, so it's not like we're I- trashing the West Coast. They're out there for sure. <laughs> 
Oh, totally. Yeah. It's more training, I think, too. Sometimes, like, you know, in terms of upbringing and just like, you know, I think values are just changed a little bit in terms of like what maybe parents share with their kids and what's going on and the norms and all of that. And apps, too. um, Mindy, you know something else? The apps. And nothing against the apps because a lot of friends of mine have met their loves of their lives and gotten married from the apps. I don't use the apps just for privacy reasons, etc. But nothing against them. However, I do think that's changed the landscape of dating and when it comes to proper dates because a lot of that is more casual. A, because you don't know the person and for safety reasons, perhaps another point here is you don't want the guy to pick you up because you don't know who this person is. So I think to frame that, it's definitely changed the landscape of manners and and expectations, standards based on apps, if that makes sense. No, that's a really good point. Yeah, because I was asked out on a date on an app um, at one point. I mean, you know, I I'm on, I am on the apps, unfortunately or, for, unfortunately or fortunately. But even to that, um, I always meet them. And even like after a first date, I sometimes would get asked, can I drive you home? You know, not not in when I'm in New York. So it's only a couple of blocks away. It's not like I'm taking like, and I'm, I also live in the suburbs to set it up for you. And that could be a little bit of a longer drive in someone's car. You don't know, but going in someone's car in, in New York, you know, it's not like maybe like a five minute ride, but I always say no. I just don't, I'm like, you know, nervous. I don't still don't know them, even though it was like a first date, you know, until I really get to know them better. I wouldn't feel comfortable doing that personally. Um, okay. So we are almost out of time and I want to get into a couple more things. Oh, shoot. Okay. Before we get into the next topic, I was going to ask you which, um, which topic you wanted to hit, but I want to ask you one more question. We might run over like a few minutes. Is that okay, Ari? Yeah, we're good. Thank you. We have a lot to talk about here. All right. I know. Oh, my gosh. Okay. All right. So you say no coffee. Coffee's for business or walks. Walks are for dogs. Why do you say that? (laughs) This is a quote from a dear friend of mine, a former college roommate. And she's so funny when it comes to dates because in D.C., she said a lot of guys like to meet for coffee. And she says that's too business for her. And I've heard this from another friend, too. And then the walk thing. I've definitely come across this in L.A. that sometimes guys will text again last minute and say, hey, I just finished work. Yeah, you want to go for a walk. And I used to say yes because I love walking. I love being outdoors. But when you think about it, it is kind of you know, not like it's half, right? But yeah, just because they're not really setting anything up. It just depends what you're looking for. If this is someone serious you want to seriously date, then maybe you go on a walk once you're married. I don't know. It just seems like a weird thing and not a lot of thought put into it versus, you know, going for a nice dinner or a fun activity, a hike. I I don't know. It just, there's no planning. It's just like, hey, you want to go for a walk? So she she gave me that quote. (laughs) I thought it was really funny. It is funny. I don't think I've ever been asked that on a walk before, but <laughs> I could see like I might be like, okay, because I do like to walk too. But it's like, yeah, like you say, there's like zero effort. Maybe once a couple dates in, that might be a fun thing to do. Or yeah, like, like, hey, that, I really so. want to see you and let's go see the sunset. I mean, it again depends on the context, but I just love that quote from her and it definitely changed my perspective because I used to say yes to those things too. <laughs> 
Yeah, totally. <laughs> All right, let's get into the next. I'm going to kind of like summarize these three points together so we can kind of hit them all at once. So this is under the umbrella of expectations versus standards. So high standards, low expectations, so you don't get hurt. Um, also remembering that you're the prize or princess. So if he doesn't like you, there's no hard feelings and it's his loss, which I guess can kind of group, these can sort of all get grouped together and also not thinking too much or overanalyzing. Can you kind of summarize those, those sentiments a little bit for our folks listening? The reason why I say high standards low expectations is because I don't think you should ever lower your standards. And I think some women, at least friends of mine, they're, in their late thirties now, and they really, really want to start families. And some of them have told me, Hey, you know, I'm thinking of just settling. I don't think that's the way to go because you're going to attract the wrong type of person to you. And that being said too, on the, the flip side, when you're too desperate, I think you also attract the wrong type of person. So low expectations, meaning, Hey, you know, don't expect much. If the guy really likes you, he's into into you, it'll be easy. There could be complications logistically, but I think that if it's meant to be, it'll work out. You shouldn't overthink it too much, overanalyze, because it's only taking time out of your life when you could be out with somebody else. I think those three points you mentioned just kind of fit together. Basically, in my opinion, never lower your standards. Always keep the things we talked about, the tips in mind, if they work for you. And then B, don't expect yeah. much because then you're not going to get hurt. You know, if it doesn't work out, it's not the person for you, period. And you can't force somebody to like you because why would you want to? Maybe you'll force the guy to like you and then he'll end up cheating. It's like you don't want to force anything. It should be easy. It should yeah. be organic. Again, there could be complications along the way, but overall, it should be a fun experience. And if it doesn't work out, if he's not calling you, don't text him first. Don't think about it. Just go out with somebody else or just enjoy time on your own. Enjoy solitude and be comfortable with yourself instead of settling. So that's my opinion on those three points. I love that. And I agree with you with the be comfortable with yourself. There's so far too many people um, are just looking for a partner so desperately so that they just sort of like grab what they can, you know, whatever comes their way or, you know, maybe they like the person and they're like forcing it, like you're saying, you know, in terms of like, you know, really trying to make them get them to like you and almost becoming, you know, not who you are, like not being authentic, if you will, to try to change and uh, accommodate whatever they're looking for. But but if you're com comfortable with yourself and you love yourself in a sense and you can have fun just being with your friends or, you know, spending time alone or whatever it may be, when the right person comes along, you're going to be that much more appealing, I think, which is and really Yeah, I'll give you a, a personal story there that I've definitely received a lot of pressure from different friends because I'm for a long time was the, the lone single person in the group. And granted, a lot of my friends are older, but you definitely get a lot of pressure like, hey, what's wrong with you? You know, you can be the career woman and still have a guy. But I've always seen it like I'm very or I was very comfortable and happy on my own and I didn't need anyone and therefore attracted the right person. And I think that attracting the right person has always been number one for me and I'm okay not having someone. I'm okay with waiting, you know? And I that's what I try to teach girls too with 
different classes. It's like, it's okay to be on your own and, and be happy with that. And you really, in theory, you don't need anyone. You should be looking for someone to enhance what you already have. And there shouldn't be, it shouldn't be like, oh, he's the other half. It should be somebody who's enhancing you. And and to that effect too, once this this man at an event told me, he said, oh, I've been married I think he said 40 something years. He was you know, a relatively younger guy and seemed so happy and in love. And I told him, you know, it's very impressive. Usually at these events in LA, red carpets, et cetera, uh, older guys who are married will hit on, on me or hit on young girls. And it's so uncomfortable. And I didn't get that vibe from him. And I said, thank you. And, and I asked, what's the secret? And he said, find someone whose company you enjoy, who you feel like you don't deserve. And if you both feel that way, it'll work out. And I, I think oh, too that kind really of, great, yeah, right? I thought it was sweet. And it, it speaks to that point too. Like obviously he found someone who enhances his life and they were both happy on their own and it just worked and they fit together. Oh, I love that. I'm going to think about that all the time now. That's really good. Okay. So as we wrap up getting into the socializing aspect to go out and meet the person, right? You've actually given me some good advice in terms of my going to bed like Cinderella often <laughs> by midnight. <laughs> because I'm, I, I go out a lot, but my going out is mostly it can, consists of not when I'm on a date. I'm talking about like whatever in general, going to dinner with friends and things like that but that's not always the 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 best way to meet someone right yeah I think I know know you said too that you're on the apps which is great I think that's a definitely a good a method and a good means for people who are so busy with work as you are and you definitely have experience you know you've talked about your past and all that so it's circumstantial as we're talking about but I'd say when you're out with friends don't be afraid to talk to people and, and don't be afraid too to go out and sit at the bar by yourself, obviously with safety in mind. For example, one coworker, right. she, I mean, she's in a long-term relationship, but she goes out a lot and just by herself and sits at the bar and makes new friends. I mean, it, it's again, speaking to that point of being comfortable on your own. I think that meeting people mm-hmm. in person is still, in my opinion, the best way. Again, everyone's different. I've heard success stories otherwise, but there's something very unique and it, it doesn't have to be a with guys only just about meeting new friends in person you have that memory and could be your your new best friend sitting next to you at a restaurant so be friendly and don't be shy and put yourself out there I love that. I like sitting at the bar too. I do yeah. go well, a little bit more than I, I used to in New York um, when I'm there on the weekends by myself um, without my kids. I mean, you know, um, if I don't have plans or sometimes I'm like, oh, I need a glass of wine or something like that. And I'll go out like for a happy hour. And then I, you, you do, you just talk to people. It's awesome. Or even if I am with like a girlfriend or something like that, as opposed to getting a table, we'll sit at the bar just because of the atmosphere and kind of having that open conversation with strangers and things like that. It's it seems cool. like on the, so. the East Coast that people are more comfortable doing that because when I've gone to New York for work in the past, at least in Manhattan, mm-hmm. I've noticed a lot of people sitting on their own at tables just party of one, you know, either reading or just eating and not on the phone the whole time versus in on the mm-hmm. West Coast, at least in LA, I think there is this kind of fear of being perceived to be lonely. So if you do see people on their own at a restaurant, usually the person will be on his or her phone looking kind of uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. So there is that divide from what I've observed. That's interesting. Maybe because the West Coasters are like, they always need to be with their entourage. Maybe. <laughs> I don't know. Not 
I mean, like, everybody else that's, like, out there to maybe try to be a movie star or something like that. Who knows? Well, and gosh, so shoot, funny. I feel like I'm putting down L.A. so much, but I live here. I'm so happy oh, here. Like, yeah. <laughs> No, of course. I live it there too. I'm jealous. I can't wait to be in LA or whatever the proper term. What do you say? Los Angeles? What are you supposed to, what is it out there? It's Angelino, Angelina, but I, I don't oh. know that I've heard people really say that except in politics when addressing LA as a city. But oh, yeah, technically it's yeah. Angelino. <laughs> Ah, learn something every day. All right, Miss Ari, thank you for joining us. Tell everybody how they can find you. You're not on social media, though, right? I so know. Where I, can we so find you if we want to like, follow you or whatever? Tell us. I'm, I'm strange in that I work in TV, but I'm not on any social media. I have zero presence, and I, I've never been on there. Nothing against it. Again, totally love it. Great tool, but I just never got into it, and now it's kind of overwhelming, the idea of starting social media, but maybe one day yeah. will. So that being said... I guess email would be the the best way. It's my first name dot my last name at charter.com. And then I have a personal email address too. So if you have viewers, fans reach out to you, I can provide that as well. Okay, awesome. All right, well, thank you so much. Appreciate you. And I can't wait to see you the next time I'm out on the West Coast. And I will definitely give you lots of notice so we can have a fun girls' night out. Sound good? So fun. Yeah, and I'd recommend to your viewers, too, there's this book that a friend loaned one time. It's called How to Be Parisian Wherever You Are. And it's kind of a, a funny twist on a lot of the things we've talked about today. Very, very funny book. And I've definitely pulled a lot of advice from there. So I recommend How to Be Parisian Wherever You Are, written by a group of girlfriends later in life. Highly recommend. Oh, that sounds good. I like that. Okay, awesome. Thanks, Ari. Thank you. Thank you for listening to The Race for the Ring. Today's episode was produced by Lori Verbinski and edited by Danielle Gordon. I appreciate your ear and insight. And if you liked today's episode, please write us a review. They can make or break a good podcast. Be sure to check out my latest book too. You don't need to be a bitch to be a boss. It's on Amazon and available anywhere books are sold. And be sure to say hi to me on Instagram. I'm at Mindy.Barnett. See you next week. Bye-bye. Want flexibility? Take yoga. Want flexibility with your health insurance? Check out United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget friendly medical, dental, and vision coverage that may be right for you. More at uh1.com. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowl and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowl and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.